Hello, hello, hello. My name's Luke, and welcome to episode 44 of the Naked Student Podcast, the second episode of 2020. Exciting times. So, why did we set up the Naked Student Podcast? Well, we want to offer a stripped-back approach to all topics relating to student life, as well as discussing the big questions that face us all during our formative years. Some podcasts can be rather overwhelming to listen to, and thus we aim to cover everything in a relaxed fashion to make these topics more accessible for young people by young people. As always, I want to plug our Instagram page first. It's the best place to find us on. Uh, we've got a lot of good memes, just good, just generally good content, I'm going to say on there. It's probably, probably a 9 out of 10 for content at the moment. So our handle is the naked student underscore very easy to remember and if you've got you know any messages or anything you want to send just you know send us a dm on there that's sort of what's happening at the moment really which is quite nice a lot of suggestions we put up a lot of polls recently as well so yeah best place to find us but we do also have a twitter page as well and the twitter page is at tns underscore podcasts and that s is so very important because there are just a lot of TNS podcast, yeah, at the Twitter handles. So yeah, that, that's very important. But the Twitter page is slightly different. We're starting to use that a lot more actually at the moment. But usually, um, I quite like to just tweet out uh, cool articles that lead on from the discussions that we have, and then just yeah, funny videos, things like that. Just like keeping it, yeah, fresh content every day. So those are the two places to find us. Um, and I also would like to say, if you've been enjoying the podcast, if you've been on this journey with us for quite a while now then please do remember to subscribe or follow on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. And if you have an iPhone and you use Apple Podcasts, then it takes two minutes just to leave a nice review for us. It helps us to climb the charts and get our message out to more and more people, which is obviously the aim uh, of The Naked Student. So it takes two minutes and that would be much appreciated. But today, episode 44, it's our first guest who has actually been on before. Is that is, true? It is. No, it's not. No, it's not true. It's not true. <laughs> but it's our first guest who hasn't been on for a long time. Okay. So there you go. It's a stretch. <laughs> Still very unique. <laughs> but yes, uh, for those who didn't notice the, uh, notice the voice, it's Liv. So welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me back. Liv. Yeah, it's been, what was it, about three months, would you say? Yeah. Well, I was just thinking on my way here, when I came, I remember what I was wearing. And I was wearing a short uh, sleeve t-shirt. Wow. Because the weather was hot. So... Yes. I think it was probably September. It must have been September because we actually September. got the photo outside as well, I believe. Yeah. Bit of sunshine. Yeah. Wow. That times was have changed. A long time ago. Yeah, so a while ago. And a lot of things have changed. A lot of things have changed indeed. And that is what we're going to talk about in the first half today, aren't we? Mm. Um, yeah, so that was episode 11. And since then, obviously, a lot, lot's changed on my side, a lot, lot's changed on Liv's side. So the whole of the first half, we want to talk about that, that change, getting a job. Yeah, uh, working in creative industries, which is which is what we we actually touched on in in the last episode we did together, and just we're going to go into what you've been doing with your job a little bit, working in Manchester and some of the sort of nitty gritty parts of working, making friends. You know, how's mm. that been? Because I'm excited to hear about that. Yeah, as well. it's been tough. Yeah, <laughs> a lonely couple of months, perhaps. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I think it's something that everyone worries about. So that'll be interesting to go into that. Um, after pointless facts, of which mine is so hard. Is Just it? That's unfair. Out. And it's an interactive one. Oh, of course it is. That's really mean. <laughs> it is mean. Mine's to be fair. also an interactive one, but I think you'll probably 
have a good idea of it. Can you make an educated guess? I think so. Excellent. Yeah, with mine, I mean, I don't know. I tested it out on my dad this morning and he didn't get it for 12 minutes. That's so unfair that you're well, making me do this. I'll give you the answer if it's too long. Okay. So that'll obviously break up our discussion as always. And in the second half, we want to get into talking about the radio revolution. So we've mm. termed it. So the rise of audio, the rise of audio books, podcasts, just radio in general, it's, it seems to be booming, especially in the last sort of three to four years, which is very interesting, especially with, with TV and, and film being such a, a huge medium as well. So we're going to delve into that, touching a little bit on the role of the media as well. It's a, a cornerstone of our democracy. Ooh. So we're going to get... Oh, fantastic <laughs> phrase. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you. So we're going to go into that a little bit as well. So hopefully you find it engaging. And shall we begin? Yeah. Fantastic. So, Liv, as yeah. we said in the introduction, a lot has changed mm-hmm. since you were last here. So, I remember you were looking at jobs. Yeah. But you didn't have a job. So, no. you do have a job now. So, tell me about the process of getting the job that you currently okay. have. So, I only got it just before Christmas. So, it was a new thing. And I technically don't start until Monday, the Monday coming. So, I'm still unemployed still unemployed but but I'm almost there so (laughs) I remember when I was here I was quite like I was a bit sad I think a bit downbeaten because I'd got a lot of rejections I'd applied for a lot of stuff and got a lot of rejections but now looking back I'm like I applied for stuff I was absolutely not qualified for and I think I kind of changed my um approach and Mm -hmm. started applying for more unpaid stuff and just to gain experience so I did that and now I applied for something a a month ago or so and got something just before Christmas so my job is the title sounds really impressive (laughs) I'm just gonna put it out there it's junior station manager yeah I know it's a new role at the place I'm working at but it's the same place I've been interning unpaid probably I started early October, so not long after I'd been on the first time, I started working there unpaid. Did that for two months, and then a job opened up, basically. That's impressive, though. I think that it it, it can be quite risky. Do you think, did you you find that it it felt risky inside with regards to working without getting paid at all? Yeah, definitely. Well, I... And now I can't remember the time frame of this either, but I had decided that I just wanted to do some paid work in anything Mm. um, because I was getting so many rejections. I was like, maybe this isn't for me. And I just want to earn while I'm still figuring it all out. Mm. So I did apply to work at Aldi. Was this after? I don't know if I'd already done this. No, I think we we might have touched upon this. Basically, I got rejected from Aldi and that was a a low moment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I was kind of questioning everything at that point. Um, And then I just thought, okay, I'll apply. I'll just send emails to everyone so i probably sent close to like 200 emails i would say 200 i think so there was a there was a time when i was writing down every place or person i'd emailed and it got to so many pages i just stopped writing them because i wasn't getting replies and it i was too it was too depressing to look at it sounds challenging yeah Mm. so I, i was just emailing stations radio stations or just like people connected to the industry anyone really and also all over the country and pretty much the only people that replied were this station called Reform Radio, which is a station in Manchester. Um, and I didn't really know very much about them, but they replied saying, you can do an internship if you want. And I was like, that's so cool. And it was unpaid, but 
it sounded like I was going to get loads of experience and I did so it was like going back to your question I did want to be earning money and it was a risk to take something unpaid and initially I thought maybe I'll do this internship like one day a week and work paid at Aldi the rest of the week that obviously didn't work out the dream died the dream died (laughs) when I got that rejection email I'd worn a suit or had three interviews there to be a store assistant and I wore a suit every time do you remember the questions? I mean, what, what sort yeah, of questions? Yeah, it was like you you're unpacking a box and stacking up the aisle. Someone asks you where the eggs are. What do you do? I said I showed them where the eggs are. Should... Apparently, that was wrong. What do you ask? You got a focus. For a senior member or no? What, you I think you just them? meant <laughs> you ignore them completely. <laughs> I think you just meant to. It was a really weird application because even on the application, it was like situational judgment questions, and it but they became really clear. The pattern was like. So the options might be, do you like to put your own ideas forward for things? Do you follow exactly what you're told to do? Do you use a bit of your initiative? Basically, it became clear every single answer they wanted you to be like, I will do exactly what I'm told and I'll have no opinions and no creativity. <laughs> it's like, they just want robots. No yeah, offence to Aldi. I shop there religiously. but No, 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 it's not. But, but it's, I'm not allowed to wear it. Those situational judgments are the bane of my existence. Yeah, they're the, absolutely horrific. I just don't really ever understand what they're looking for. No, There's neither. no formula, is there? I, I don't know. And you always... I think there is a formula, but it's different for each place. And yeah, you have to figure like, out what it was. You have to go against your intuition almost. But you're not meant to. You're meant to do no. what you actually would do and then they find the perfect candidate. But I know. Well, then this is, what, this is what I've had to tell myself a lot is when you get rejected from somewhere, it's, it's partly because it's not the right place for you. And that reframes it quite nicely because I think a lot of people are like, it's me, I can't do it. But it's like, well, hold on a second. It's probably a blessing because I could have started working there and hated it so much. Well, I actually think a turning point for me was in my final Aldi interview, in my pencil skirt, the lady was like, "Um, can you be really honest with me? Do you see yourself working here for two years? At least, because I don't want to have to do this process again in six months. And I was looking at her and I was like, she was a really nice lady. And I just said, to be honest, I don't want to be here for two years. I want to work in radio. I didn't say that last part. But in my like head, I was like, yeah, I know. I want to work in radio. I, that, in my head, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be here for two years. I would love to be paid for a few months. But like, to be fair, she shouldn't have to do this again in six months. I felt bad. Should have lied, I reckon. I know everyone since has been like, why did you say that? Because that's... <laughs> calculated i i would like to think that's why i got rejected because i would be a great store assistant oh, anyway. i could see you doing that but yeah, it'd be amazing six months it's not like she had to do it in three weeks six I months know, but You're it's too kind i know i know i know but but that question i was like no why am i doing this yeah it was I maybe should a just take thing. the risk yeah and you took the risk took and the risk, yeah. obviously it's paid off so the actual job application you, you, you worked unpaid for what was it two months you said? two months and i was two still months, applying yeah. for other stuff <laughs> during that time but didn't get anything i had one interview one interview for a job in scotland in glasgow for the bbc and i actually didn't go to the interview because they then offered me the job like the week before or something so wow. i kind of then just stopped looking mm-hmm. but um yeah so i was working there for about two months unpaid as an intern but full-time intern which like i mean it cost me a lot to do it because i had to get Travel. to work every day i mean it wasn't Lunch, not, not too up. bad yeah not too bad but i mean I, I, it's not even like i was breaking even i was losing money mm-hmm. but the experience i gained was like amazing and it would look amazing going forward as well not just necessarily for this job right now you know you're carrying on but 
in the future just to have that experience does definitely distinguish you um, from other candidates yeah 100%. but I would also just say like I'm so lucky that I was able to do that because yeah. being able to just live at home and work unpaid full time for two yes. months like not many people would be able to do that so it, 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 it is. was lucky that I could um but, but you've made the most of it yeah, to, to flip it around the other way is yeah. you could easily just not give it your all or, yeah. you know, like, but you've really thrown yourself into it. And I think that is in itself very impressive. Oh, you know, even so though, much. you know, you've shown gratitude for the position that we're in where you don't have to, as you said, work. For, for money, you, you have that ability to use um, that time to get experience. But I also just want to point out um, to the listeners who, who don't know Liv, you know, Liv's one of the smartest people that oh, I know. Stop. No, I know. I don't, I mean, I'm not big on the compliments, but I think it's very important to say that because obviously you've been saying with rejections and sending 200 emails, you know, Liv was, has always been an incredibly smart person. You have, I mean, I hate to say it, it makes me feel coming yeah, out of my mouth. I'm like, oh my too. God. But I think it's, it is important to say. And if people realise now, like, wow, that's what it takes, even for someone who's so, so smart and works really hard, that's what it takes, and that's why it's really important to not take rejections to heart. Yeah. It's a part of life. Well, no one owes you anything. No, no one's just going to. Yeah. No one's just going to give you a job because you really want it. Like you have to yeah. prove yourself. You have to prove you want it, but also you have to have the experience. I think I didn't realize that. I thought so when I was last on. I we, we I think we were talking about like, like what I've done in radio yeah, or audio or whatever. Industry, yeah, and whatever. I thought I'd done loads. And then I meet people with, who I work with now and people have done so much more. Or like years of experience. Yeah, or, or like done a degree in it. or And that's three years of doing it yeah. continuously. And I hadn't done that. And just no one owes you anything. So you really have to fight for it. and Be proactive. Be proactive for sure. And just do literally as much as you can. I've done so yeah. many little bits here and there. As I know we were talking about it before, but I started volunteering at the, this hospital radio station, yes. which is the cutest thing I've ever done. If anyone wants to listen, it's Northern Air Hospital Radio. And they like go around the wards and get requests for songs from I people so and then play them out for the people on the ward. And every, honestly, it's so sweet. Every song they play, they're like, this is for Sharon on Ward F1. Hope you're feeling better. We heard you had a bad morning this morning. It's oh, so cute. So and the people that work there, everyone's volunteers. Yeah. They just run this... Like, they all do work full-time and they all just come and volunteer in their evenings because they love it I so much. And like, just doing everything. I've met so many people, even in this short space of time, mm. who have, like, shown me so much about more than... Like, I thought I was just going to learn skills in radio or whatever. This is so cheesy, I feel sick, but... No, I've like learned it. so like much about it. other stuff like my brother listens every time I'm on the hostel radio from Columbia and he messages every time like these people are the salt of the earth because they are they're oh, like the sweetest that's people that's amazing um, yeah and same at Reform like it's a a great online radio station but it's also a social outreach organization so they um, get funding it's a non-profit but they get funding for workshops to teach young vulnerable people skills in broadcasting but also just like mental health workshops and cv workshops all that kind of stuff so i've met so many amazing people there that like i mean some people that will help me in my career but most of it it's just like really amazing people and it's shown me a completely different side of the industry and what I want to do because now I'm like I want to do more of that kind of stuff so 
yeah, I would, I've just done everything I can and it's like changed completely what I want to do. Which is so, incredible. I think yeah. that work environment is, is so important, being surrounded by people who are not only like-minded, but actually, you know, encourage you to, I don't want to say be a better person, but along those lines, they encourage you to improve yourself every day and, 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 and think, you know, outwardly helping others at the same time. I think that's, yeah. I think that's amazing to hear that. I mean, one question that I do want to ask is when you've, first started did you ever have imposter syndrome you know this is a big thing that people Mm. have when they first start off at a company it's a new chapter in your life it can be daunting did you ever have imposter syndrome I mean you said people have been doing experience for three years yeah definitely I think yeah I had a bit of a shock um I've I've always had imposter syndrome most people do but like Mm. about every step of for the last like 10 years but can join you on that one yeah but especially in this it was like um a lot of things I was asked to do you kind of just have to blag it I was like do they think I know how to do this like a lot of tech stuff because I've done a lot of radio but not a lot of tech stuff and they were expecting me to like be be able to set up a studio and stuff and I was like do they know what did you do I was just I just blag it but they, they get to a point where you're like, they're going to arrive and see that I don't know what I'm doing. So you just have to ask and be honest and be like, oh, actually, would you mind teaching me? Like, I've never done this before. And every they're so nice yeah, about no it. Yeah, no one laughs at you, do No they? one laughs at you, but I definitely was like, they think that they've got someone that... Because my CV, I think, looks quite impressive, but that's because everyone, not lies, but, you know... They big, them, big you it up big a up bit. what you've done. So I was kind of like, they think that I've done a lot more than I have... And they're going to realise and be like disappointed that they've put all this trust in me, all this stuff. <laughs> and obviously thoughts, they yeah. didn't care. And also every time I said, oh, actually, I've never done this before. They're like, oh, that's fine. I hadn't done it before I came here. Like, that's it. you know, everyone understands. But yeah, I've definitely had imposter syndrome. I still have it. I'm like, why have I chosen this career that I do not know what I'm doing? I think you need that. Though. <laughs> it keeps you grounded in a way. Imagine if you didn't yeah. have that voice, you'd be like. I think it, I, I can think it can work both ways. Your ego, it keeps your ego. I mean, I know you don't have an ego, but this is just hypothetical. Yeah. Maybe, you know, speaking from personal, yeah, my personal view, like having the voice. As long as, yeah, as you. long as it doesn't stop you from yes. trying things. Not debilitating, completely yeah. true. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I agree. I think it's good to be a bit like, doubt yourself. <laughs> but like asking questions is very interesting because I'm the same where I hate asking questions when it when in your mind you're like they're just gonna think i'm an idiot mm. or like in front of people and you're like oh my god i don't know what i'm doing like you're not confident in the question but i think it was some there's a study done which is like i think 10 percent. this was from a, a a group of 200 people i think about 10 percent of the things that they worried about came true in the way that they thought it would come true it's like it might it's like something similar yeah. could happen but like you're, wor- you're always going to think the worst thing possible. So let's say you ask a question and in your mind, like they're going to turn around and be like, I'm an idiot. Mm. And then what might happen is they'll help you and then jokingly be like, you know, but that they're still going to help you. And I think that's that other weird thing. Every frame, it's like, you should just ask the question and then sort of worry about it after. Yeah. But do you think obviously as, as time's gone on, you've, you've got better at doing that. Like you don't. Yeah. I think with like any new place you work, I doubted myself or whatever. I was no- really nervous for the first while. And now, the longer you're there, the more comfortable you feel. Like, now, 
new people start and I'm introduced as if I've been, you know, like, this is Olivia, she has worked here, blah, blah. And now I'm like, oh, I'm like a part of the team now. I'm Part of the culture. Yeah, I'm like yeah. confident when I come into work, I know what I'm doing. Whereas the first few weeks or months, whatever, you come into work and you're like just waiting for someone to tell you what to do. Or you're like, mm. I'm going to have to, I've got nothing to do, so I'm going to have to pester them and be like, what can I do yeah, to help? Do Which yeah. you have to do to show you're enthusiastic, mm. whatever. But it is, it's nice to be in a place where you're like, I come in, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Everyone knows me. I'm not worried about asking questions. I still ask stupid questions, but I'm not embarrassed about it anymore. Of course, yeah. It takes it takes time you know, to become yeah. the B-knock, clearly. Absolutely. The B-knock of I'm the radio not. station. Absolutely <laughs> not. You mentioned one little aspect of what you've been doing. So you set up um, the, the production, don't you? So yeah, sometimes. What else did your job entail? You know, working, not, not just in the unpaid, but like your job now. What 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 would be your day to day type thing? Um, so as an intern, I've been kind of like the little bitch of the mm, office. Mm. But as in where I work, they don't make you the interns do anything. Like you don't have to make teas don't or coffee. Don't fetch me coffee. Yeah, nothing like that. But it is like anything that needs to be done. It's like you can one of the. It. This is the quote you hear like all around the office. Can one of the interns do it? Mm. Like, okay. Okay, but okay. it's like good because then you gain an overview of what every person does and and you're humble and you're humble uh, yeah yeah when i would never walk in straight away and be like I, like i'm the boss <laughs> no i never you have to start at the bottom yeah you, do. you can't just go straight in. yeah so i've been doing like a, a, honestly a bit of everything some mostly studio stuff so it's as i said it's an online radio station but there aren't live shows all day every day it's like maybe three or four a day so when they're when the djs come so they're all volunteer djs as well wow. so when they come often it's i'll be doing like yeah making sure everything's working testing all the equipment whatever and then producing but we also have this is like so much detail but someone might be interested in it we have loads of volunteer producers which are other young people who are trying to learn so they can come for a couple of hours a week or whatever and they can produce live radio shows which is really cool wow, is so cool. i'll i if no one turns up i'll do that or i'll like make sure everything's okay just like overseeing stuff and mm. then i do a lot of editing like so what does that entail and, you know you talk about a lot of editing do you have to go through meticulously the audio depends but yeah sometimes um we have like another part of what we're funded for we do these open forums so it's like we invite a load of young people to just have a debate about a particular topic and then we edit it all and and there's like performances from Manchester-based artists or poets and stuff weaved in and then sometimes I'll edit all that into like a one-hour programme that will then go out. Wow. Yeah, so I do a lot of that, wow. which I'd never done, like I'd done editing before, but that's like, it's really hard because you listen to hours of audio and you have to, you have to be the one that chooses Makes what's cool. the best and that's quite... A lot that of pressure. Is, that is tough. I mean, so let's cool. say you want to make an hour show, hypothetically. So how long would you have to spend editing oh, to create so an hour long. show? I mean, what is it, like it'll three be, hours? It'll be a, mm, probably longer. Longer Depen than that. Depends. I would, probably half a day, I would be doing a one hour show. Oh wow, because I'm interested if just because it, it's depends, the side behind. Yeah, yeah, it depends how organised it is. If it's like a mess and like, not a mess, but people messed up or there's audio all over the place and like you have to figure out the order as well sometimes. Mm, like, that, that would sound best going there. So you have to listen to the whole thing a few times to then 
wow. decide what goes where and stuff. But I love it doing yeah. that. You do. I mean, you do. I know you do. But it, I, I, <laughs> I, you know, you listen to the, the finished article, but you never understand how much work goes into it before. Yeah, but I hadn't either thought of it like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. So now everything, it's like my parents used to own a restaurant and they always talk about how they, they can't ever go to like a meal without analyzing everything yeah and it's the same yeah, now yeah. when i listen to like a radio program an audio program i'm like i know exactly what has yeah. gone on well that not must exactly be kind of annoying though, at the same time yeah yeah it's not being able to listen to a show Can't and enjoy relax. it be like oh i'm not sure about that i wouldn't have done that yeah, actually I, done that <laughs> I like that i mean that is i know that you are very passionate about what you do and obviously working unpaid is something that people might have to think about if they really want to go into that industry maybe you have to make a, a sacrifice i know it, it's not possible for everyone yeah but even if it's for a month or something it's getting your foot in the door if it's going to be worth it for the experience you get mm. another point that i just want to talk about is you started off it's a new company as you said you get imposter syndrome what about making friends because mm. that is something that people worry about, including myself. And getting that professional and you know friendly balance must be a difficult thing to do. I mean, mm. now I'm assuming you have a few friends, but well, <laughs> don't don't make any I assumptions. Hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but it must have been hard to strike that balance to start with. Yeah, it's also because reform's quite an informal work environment. So like, you can wear what you want. It's it's pretty chilled. Um, obviously it's still professional but like it's not the same as working in an office so also everyone's really young and like does go out together and that kind of stuff so I thought it would be really easy to be a part of it straight to away. be a part of it straight away and like everyone is so nice I really hope my boss isn't listening but <laughs> everyone is really really nice but it's still like that balance of having like joking around being friends in the workplace and then making that step of like should we exchange numbers? Do you want to like go yeah. out Friday night? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I find that forward? really hard. It is quite hard because you, again, you think like, what if they just say no? Yeah, or say yes, and it's awkward, and, and it's all horrible. you have to talk about is work. Well, I mean, that was that was the bit I was going to ask as well. Like when you um, have seen people outside of the work environment, is work the thing that is discussed, or is there very much like a nope? outside yeah, the office no. that's well, it to be honest i actually haven't done that much like meeting up with making them. friends <laughs> making friends but we had our staff christmas party that was the first time and the rule was no talking about work I like that. and we didn't and it was like really fun but also alcohol was involved and that makes it so much easier to Crunk. just like yeah yeah you just can relax a bit more not or that just I'm like get so that, but... like worried that you just yeah yeah that's true because that's the other thing you don't want to embarrass yourself at a staff I know, party i know and i think i did are you sure I've well, seen, someone would have said something so yesterday yesterday was my first day back in work since christmas and i was like hadn't seen or spoken to anyone since the christmas party but i was like it'll be fine everyone was really drunk as soon as i get in one of my work friends was like oh i've got loads of pictures of you from the staff party i was like oh interesting thank you and we were pissing ourselves everyone in the office was looking at them i was so drunk oh no but in a funny way and everyone was laughing so it wasn't like that was unprofessional because everyone was really drunk but we were like playing games and i was like doing a lot of peace signs you know (laughs) yeah the peace that's a classic that's yeah you don't want that but um it did i think help to like break the 
break that line of are we friends out of work because yes. that was definitely out of work i mean that's why I mean, it was a work party but <laughs> but still but, it yeah. is outside it's a different environment and this is where i actually think alcohol does have some benefit in the sense <laughs> of it can Good be message. horrible sometimes i'm not yeah I'm, you know i'm saying like one beer with a mate can sometimes just you, you, you know you can let your guard down a bit more i think yeah. that's a fact it'd be wrong to say that it doesn't do that don't get you know live level of crunk but right. <laughs> no but think... everyone was that's the point you keep saying that no, I, I swear <laughs> they were I drink think, they were. I can't remember but I think that is nice work parties seem like the way to to, to break the ice make make yeah, it a bit silly so do easier. something silly as long as you don't you know piss your pants then oh god I don't think I did right. but again oh, don't got, remember much got these photos live yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, oh no <laughs> but you've you've enjoyed it haven't you the last three months yeah I have from that point where you were you said a bit low. Yeah, well, I think more than anything, it's just having a routine. I didn't have a routine. I also, like, I was being a bit dramatic because I'd only been out of uni, what, a month? But I think that is have been a, a classic more. reaction to not having something there, no structure, as you say. At uni, even though that you know you don't have as much to do as a job, you still have a broad structure. You have yeah. to have work that you need to be getting on yeah. with, don't you? So going from that to literally having nothing, basically. yeah. And it's having a purpose, like, I actually have somewhere to go every day. Can like, purpose. do something. I know, again, it's, like, really cringe. No, it's not Sorry, cringe. Nothing's everyone. cringe on this show. I, I, I well. really like it. Well, some of what I say is cringy, <laughs> that's for sure. But there's a book, actually, that we shared, and it just ties in with what you've been saying about having a purpose. Do tell. And it's called Ikigai. It's Japanese. It's about, basically, it's the secrets to a long and unhappy life. You know, it's a okay. bit cliche, but it's actually a really, really great book. It's about... It sort of observes the five blue zones around the world. So these blue zones is where the average age life expectancy is a lot higher than the average. So in some of these places, like 90. So in like Okinawa, then there's like, I can't remember the name of a Greek island. But they're the, yeah, five places. And they basically observe like, why is it that the average age is so much higher? So they have mm-hmm. a, a nice community. Mm-hmm. And obviously that will come with, with work. But it's about purpose. But there's it, purpose is it's like a Venn diagram. So there's like all these different things. So like healthy eating's part of it, and then as I say, like community and financial stability, and and like it, there's a whole host of things. And I don't want to oversimplify it too much. But it's a great book. And then that ikigai purpose is everything. And it's I mean, do you wake up and sort of look forward to the day ahead? Now? Yeah, that, yeah, definitely because. Like, I really like the people I work with, where I work, what I'm doing. Um, and, yeah, it's just... I'm, it's nice to know what you're doing every day. Yes. Um, but I am also really excited for when I start next week paid because that's another level of it. Oh, like, yeah. now I'll have... Probably won't move out yet because might as well save it until <laughs> until I'm kicked out. Although my mum um, turned my room into a spare room over Christmas. So that, oh, was, nice. that was cute of her. That was nice. Did she um, tell you or...? She was like, oh, your room's been painted, so you need to move move into your brother's room for a bit. And I was like, okay, cool. Thank you. Merry um, Christmas. Yeah. So, but I'm back in now, and it's gorgeous. It's actually kind of uh, backfired on her, because I don't ever want to leave. The room is so nice, nice. now. Nice. <laughs> She's probably thinking, oh, God, yeah, I'll ship her out. Yeah. But um, I will have, like, some disposable income, Ooh. which will be fun. Responsibility as well. As yeah. in that added level of responsibility with actually being paid? Yeah. And actually, I, do you know what? I'm going to plug it on, on the podcast in case anyone's interested. I don't want to steal from your um, place of the market, but part of what my new role will be is we rent out one of our studios 
So we're in Deansgate Castlefield for anyone that lives, lives in Manchester. And we're renting out one of our studios to people that want to make podcasts. Can I Can I use it? Yeah, 100%. It is, you'll have to pay. Yeah, but how much... Well, don't say it on it. We'll sort that after. But I'll be, like, kind of managing that, which is really nice to have, like, my own project. Um, so I'll be, like, finding clients. Clients? Clients. Got one already. So, like, you know, Liv's saying this to all the listeners, but I'm getting in first. So. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I need to speak to my manager and see if I'm allowed to give friends discounts. Probably well, not. Th- I mean... That we is are really a non-profit. Great, and also, because, yeah, any money we make from this... So we're completely funded by organisations that want to give us money. But this will be the only section of the organisation that's, like, self... Like, giving self ourselves money. Funding, yeah. Self-funding, yeah. So... I was wondering what you were saying. You yeah, just made this I face. know, I really panicked. You're like, self... <laughs> I was like, funding? <laughs> So we'll, I want to make it really good so that they can have more money to put into these workshops that they do for young people. Why so, don't you get a friend who has a podcast, which has, you know, been going for a while and then bring them in so that they think it's, you know, impressive. A separate client. Oh, wait. I would be so, yeah, who that would that be, be amazing. <laughs> and it's a really nice studio. Well, there you go. And I, I'll be I, the producer. Oh, well, that's a big... Oh. Uh, uh, He's off. I'll get someone else to produce. <laughs> But there yeah. are a lot of people setting up podcasts as well nowadays, and it's mm-hmm. the way to go. And I mean, that's a fantastic offer. So I'll, I'll put that in the description as well. Oh, so thanks. keep notice for that because obviously it's great. You know, get in your own space. You can switch on and off. And like with a podcast, you want to be in the zone. Like I have what I call the studio. It's a room, and when you're in the room, you, your mind's on that. And when you're outside, and I think it's the way yeah. to go. Finding a space, and it can help you. You know, feel a bit more professional. That's yeah. the way to go, isn't it? But I think that's a nice place to just finish off that first section just getting cool. into podcasting maybe mm-hmm. a little bit in the second half but as always on this show we break up our discussions with pointless fact, fact of, of the, the day, day. Oh, i love it i love it when someone goes higher someone goes lower Beautiful. i was a bit flat uh, i quite well we you know when we finish off the section we'll, we'll bring it back again. okay yeah fantastic <laughs> so as i say mine's quite hard so would you like me to go first or second? you go first because I, yeah. I just want this out of the way yeah so I, lo- I love getting messages off people being like i got it i got it like mm. no one's going to be saying that to this one so mm. what were the two most visited places in the uk in 2017 according to visit britain is it is it being in 2017 key no, this was just the, the, the data so, that I saw when I was reading. So I don't need to this. think about what happened in 2017. No, it's not got to do with a, an event. Place. Okay, most visited places in the UK in 2017. Yeah, the two two most visited Buckingham places. Buckingham Palace? Nope. Is this a, a like a city or like you mean no, a... No, it's, it's an interesting place. It's a place of interest. It's not like... Yeah, 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 for sure, for sure. Because it would be London. So, like, Buckingham Palace wasn't a silly... No, that was third. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. give me a point for that. No, no, well, it was... The reason I'm doing this is on the back of uh, reading a lot about the the monarchy, obviously, with Harry and Meghan stepping down, so I was just reading a bit about that, and it said the three most visited places. Okay. So, it's it's quite rogue. So, think a little bit outside the box, maybe. um, One of them is... Somewhere in Scotland. No. Yeah. We can rule out Scotland because okay. Edinburgh Castle would be yeah, high was, up on the list. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. But no, so one of them is no one really knows football. The story something to do with football. It. You see, this was my first guess. Was was probably 
a football stadium, but yeah. it's not, no. So one of them is like this... No one really knows how it came about, I don't think. But it's very interesting. That's I've never not been. helping me. No, no, no it, it is. No Once one you knows get it. how it came how about. How it came about, I don't think. So a natural phenomenon. No, it's not a natural right, phenomenon. brilliant. It's with ancient Britain, this was oh, made. Yeah, Stonehenge. Very good. Yeah, Does that make sense now? Is it? Yeah. No one really knows how or yeah. what it symbolises properly, does it? It's a druid yeah. Uh, tradition, I, I think that's where they used to do festivals. But Stonehenge is number one. Oh, Stonehenge which is, is number incredible. one. It's like three and a half million people. I've never been you. No, no. But I've also never been to the second place. Okay. A similar vibe of Stonehenge or? Mm. No. No. It's got a similar vibe in that it's the second most visited place in the UK. Right, okay. <laughs> uh, and it's not in Scotland. No. Can I narrow it down to location? It's south not of... in the south. North of England. Well, Wales. It's not in or the Ireland. south. It's in the north of England, yeah. Well, there are other countries, so. Well, it's not Wales or Ireland. Okay. It's in England and it's not in the north. south. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to push it. I know. Somewhere in York- Yorkshire. No, well, I was also thinking York nice. Minster as well. Mm. But again, I'm, I'm wrong if I were to think that. I was wondering how many guests will have got this by now. I obviously want people to text in their answers. Before I give the answer, which will be in the next 10 seconds. Oh, I really want to get it. Can I just have one more clue, quickly? Uh, it's relatively near us. In the middle Tassen Park. Part. <laughs> no, no. It's about an hour away from Manchester. Oh, I don't know. Five, just four, tell me. three, uh, two... An hour away from Manchester. One, last guess. I don't have one. Okay. Chester Zoo. Chester Zoo. Chester Zoo. It's an hour away. It's about an hour away from Manchester. God, I should have got Chester that. Chester Zoo, guess how many visitors it had in 2017. In 2017, half a million. Two and a half million. Bloody how, hell. How crazy is that? I didn't realise it was... I went in 2017, you know. Well, then you contributed to this. Yeah. Visit Britain would have ticked you off. It's amazing, yeah. But a zoo, because I was thinking when I go away, I often think, oh, a zoo would be a cool thing. I don't agree with zoos, and I think, you know, they, they are pretty inhumane but when I was a kid and I remember I went to Australia to Sydney and they have like Taronga Zoo Ooh. and that was the place I visited so I guess I, I thought London Zoo is it? Mm-hmm. I thought that would be number one but Chester Zoo Chester Zoo I think Chester amazing. in itself is an old Roman uh, bath it and is. it's a pretty well well known place I guess for tourists to go away from London so there you go can I Stonehenge give just a Chester shout Zoo. out to Saz Baker who works at Chester Zoo sometimes she does doesn't yeah. she she does so there you go a little shout out so she contributed as well maybe check out Stonehenge or Chester Zoo in the next you know I don't I, I, don't know. I do want Stonehenge is on my not, non-existent list of places to go I think it's on mine as well it's not that far either from here I have no idea. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> right, shall I do mine? <laughs> Please. So mine ties in very much with our discussion of um, audio. So a non-pointless fact of the day. So it's actually yeah, very useful. Very but, relevant fact of the day. But just a fact. Um, how many... Oh, which one? I've got a few stats. I'll just choose one. Use how, your wisdom to choose the one that you think will be most fitting. Yeah, for this I'll definitely this one then. How many podcasts do you think there are? Wow, okay, that's a good one. And I don't mean individual one. episodes, no. I mean like shows. shows. That's a really good one. Because I was trying to work this out myself, you know, when I'm thinking about where this podcast is going and, and marketing. You know, you're always trying to think the competition. And yeah. you realise like, oh my God, there's a lot of competition. Can I just ask, where's this from? Because obviously not all shows are on Apple. 
Not all shows on Spotify. I just found it on Google. It's on Google. Uh, I think it's cumulative. Brilliant. (laughs) I don't know. But I saw this one stat from quite a few different sources, so... Oh, I think really? it's... Okay, so I'm thinking... Well, in the UK alone, there's an awful lot. But actually, surprisingly, <laughs> the most popular area is, is Japan and South Korea for podcasts. Oh, that's crazy, cool. yeah. Right, and this America, is my obviously. pointless po- fact. Stop <laughs> stealing it. Stealing your thunder. So I'm thinking, right, is it upward of sort of like two million? Less. Okay. That's good, <laughs> I think. Is it upward of 500,000? Yeah, more than that. Okay, okay. Uh, final guess, I'm going to go with 938,000. 800,000. Okay, 800,000 shows. In I saw 800,000 and 750,000, so it's, it's in that around that area. Not wow. as many as I actually thought there would be. Yeah, I think I think maybe... I don't know why, like because in the charts and everything, when you look at it, you just think, oh my God, there's so many shows, but that's probably about right for the global... Yeah, Audience. and the reason that I thought that would be useful for our discussion, if I may just take over it. Oh, please do. Because I know you are the host, but... No, please. Because um, we were going to discuss why we think audio and podcasting and all that is uh, so popular. Okay. And part of it, I think, is because there's still quite a lot of opportunity in it. Because, yes. so, just to compare. So there's 800,000 podcasts and around 30 million episodes, podcast episodes. Wow. okay. Which sounds like a lot. But to compare YouTube, which has obviously grown so Exponentially. much. Exponentially, yeah, it's crazy. There are 31 million channels, and 300 hours of videos are uploaded every minute. Yeah, I, so that's crazy. there's like, the market for podcasting is nowhere near as saturated. So there's still mm. a chance that you can like, people will hear your podcast on YouTube if you upload something like... Unless you blow up, not many people are going to see it. You're completely correct. Yeah, when you say it like that, it's it's so true. I mean, this whilst there is still a lot, it's only going to grow further. I'd say the next... You know, if you're thinking of doing a podcast, you're listening to this, you're like, hey, I want to start one. I'd start now. Yeah, for sure. Now's the time. I mean... Two years. Two, three years ago was the time. But yeah, before the wave. Because you look at the biggest podcast in the world, they started 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. But there's still, like, there's not room. that many when you think about it. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'm just trying to mull it over in my head while, yeah, I'm, you think about while, I'm, while I'm talking. But, yeah, I think the next couple of years it's going to grow even more. And that's what we're going to talk about in this second section. But I will just, mm-hmm. of course, wrap up this Pointless Facts with oh, an sorry, ever yeah. classic Pointless, pointless fact, fact of the Day. Oh, what did still you think? Flat. Maybe I think it was you, actually. Yeah. I think that might have been me. I, I think I nailed it. Off, off kilter. Well done. Congrats. <laughs> so... Yeah, obviously, in, in that in that little segment, we, we did just sort of go into a little bit what we want to talk about now, didn't mm. we? And that is the radio revolution, more, well, I'd say more the rise of audio. I just like radio revolution, yeah. alliteration. Yeah, love that. Nice. So the rise of audio, yeah, podcasting, I guess that's a nice place to start. Obviously, this is a podcast in mm-hmm. itself. And when I was setting this up with Ross, it, I don't think we really thought about, oh my God, we've got to do it now because there's still room to be heard. Well, yeah, I don't think that's the right attitude anyway for anything. What would you say the attitude should be? If you're passionate about something... Just do it. Just do it. I'm giving such a bad impression of myself on this. (laughs) If you want to do it, just follow your dream. No, but it's true. Let's just pretend... I'm just going to pretend no one I know is listening to this. (laughs) If there's some... the, The right thing to do is, like, if there's something you're really passionate about and you want to make a podcast about it, that will be more authentic. If you're like, I'm doing this because I want to 
like get loads of people to listen to it and make a job yeah. out of it you're not it's not going to happen you are completely right and i, I guess that's and it's where... still unlikely so yes you are you are you are completely right yeah but I, when i think back like the reason we've obviously set it up is because we want to shine light on an area which we think is is overlooked and yeah. trying our usp is you know it's for young people by young people a lot of podcasts are done by older presenters you know a lot, all the po- top podcasts are by people who are older so trying to bring you something, that's why we set it up. I mean, we, we didn't think much of it. I mean, we just thought, oh, we'll just give it a and crack. And something fun fun to do. That's exactly it, yeah. I mean, the, the first ten episodes, if anyone wants to go and listen to one of those and have a laugh, then there you go, because they are terrible. But are you saying first ten because I was episode 11 and that's when anything, no, first 11 everything episodes got were better? Poor. First oh. 11 episodes were poor, actually. Kind of <laughs> but it's just starting and giving it a go. You know, I've been trying yeah. to give a bit of advice to people who, who are trying to set up their own shows, and the best advice is just, learn as you go along it's almost like sort of what you've been saying it's not blagging it but it's it's just picking up and making sure you're learning from the mistakes that you make so you know ours has become a lot smoother in terms of production so saying words like you know phrases like Mm. that or sort of try to just cut them out and so it's just taking note and i don't think obviously you should just do a practice few practice runs but I think that's the beauty of podcasting at the same time, isn't it? It's yeah. meant to be this pretty informal conversation. Yeah, and because it's pretty much any anyone can do it. You don't need fancy equipment. You can just do it on your phone if you, you can, yeah. wanted. That's so what a lot it's of like do. open for anyone to do it and people learn as they go. But I think that's quite charming about it. You it don't is. have to be really slick and professional. I mean, it's good if you are, but it doesn't matter. I'll still listen. You'll listen to it, yeah. I listen to anything. Guaranteed. <laughs> but when did you start getting into podcasts then? Was that a quite a recent phenomenon or have you been last ahead few of years. the curve? No, I wouldn't say so at all. Last few years, whenever, when everyone else did. And it was... when. Actually, I remember listening to podcasts at school, like on the bus. Well, that is ahead of the curve. Is it? I didn't start listening like to them form. until the end of uni. So literally okay. about a year. I think you're behind... I'm not yeah, ahead. Almost certainly behind, yeah. I but think then, I was right on time. But then I listened to them <laughs> and I was enlightened. And yeah. I said, I'm gonna do my own. Yeah, but it's interesting like thing. the question of why they've become so popular. Why like, do you why think do it you is? oh no, let me ask you. Ooh. Why why do you listen to podcasts? What a great question. Yeah. Um why do I listen to them? So what I don't like about radio is exactly what you just said about that manufactured element of it. It feels like especially you know, BBC radio stations, they have to be quite impartial, don't they, as a presenter? Mm-hmm. I know they started doing more phone-ins and, and that's what I'm going to actually talk about in a little bit, but that level of impartiality, it feels manufactured or it feels like they're... It doesn't feel personal. There's no personal connection, whereas a lot of the podcasts yeah. that I listen to, it's it's happened over time, you know, it's like you... It's more of a journey. Radio is like pretty repetitive, same mm-hmm. thing every day. So my favourite podcasts, it's like completely new conversation every time. Same host, but completely new. So I'm trying to think like Ramesh Ranganathan's How Hip Hop Saved My Life. Mm-hmm. It's such a great pod. And you just don't know what's going to happen in it. And I think that's kind of the beauty of it. Yeah. Joe Rogan is amazing because he, his is quite unique. He gets like, you know, the superstars of the world to come in and have a four-hour discussion so that's quite a unique podcast i'd say Mm. but most of them it's that personal connection with it all you feel like you're there yeah radio well as we're going to show it's actually there's been a revolution in radio itself but i think that's it with podcasts and you can just pause it 
and just that's it 20 minutes done yeah i agree and also because i think with radio like not it's hard to become a radio presenter in that so many people want to do it and very few people can so you have to be you have to have worked for many years and whatever whereas podcasts like i said before anyone could just start one you don't have to have had any experience Mm. you just do it and like my favorite podcasts are just like people who randomly just started it with their friends or whatever Mm. like yours (laughs) and now they've become really big or even not like i listen to some podcasts that not many people have heard of but I just really like it because, as you said, it's, like, so personal. They're talking about really niche things. Mm. We've been just, like, having conversations that that wouldn't work on the radio because they're trying to get a big audience, mm. so they're trying to cater to loads of different people so they keep it relatively, like, not niche. You, you said a fantastic phrase did before I? we came on, which was the democratisation of I did audio, say that, yeah. Which I really, really liked because it's completely true and it's allowing... Yeah as you said, these niche topics to come to light. I know one of the most popular podcasts in the UK was My Dad Wrote a Porno. I was gonna, that's my favourite podcast. One of I've my never listened podcasts. to it. It's so funny. Also, another thing I really like about podcasts, and that's a good example of it, it's like, it is a sense of community. Mm. Because mm. you see people, well, they always talk about on the podcast of like stories when people have found other people that listen to that podcast. Because you'll see people on public transport or whatever, like laughing hysterically. And you know that's what they're listening to because it's like, oh my God, it kills me. Mm. And I bonded with so many people over listening to that podcast. Like, what was your favourite episode? And I think that's a lovely thing. Yeah, the it's so nice. Is, is and you wouldn't get that, I don't think, with radio as much. Play, oh, you might you, be like, did you listen to 606 last week? Yeah, yeah you know, not it's, as you're much. You're completely right. Because it feels community. like not many people listen to it. Mm. I mean, there might be mil- there are millions of people that listen to my dad wrote a porno, but it still feels like it's just you. No one else knows about it. You are completely. I really. I think that's really well put, actually. Yeah. Thanks. And I, I do like that sense of community. I know it's started a lot of conversations with people. Just you're meeting someone and for the first time, da, da, da. it's like now podcasts have become very mainstream. It's not just mm. you know what's your favorite show on Netflix, or whatever. It's now like oh, what podcast do you listen to? I think another thing, and this is especially an aim of of this, is to Try and well, try and get people to think. You know, after listening to this, so like going away and and reflecting, or like it's like encouraging people to do stuff. And I don't think radio really is built for that at all. Is it? it's more for an entertainment purpose, or like yeah. you know, when you're commuting and it's trying to keep you upbeat. That's the the sort of the standard. Whereas, with, as you said, with podcasts, it's a lot more personal. So you you're actually trying to encourage people to go away and 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 learn from what's been said almost. Yeah, I know that is maybe. still in radio as well, mm. of course, but I, I know that's certainly the case with this show, and I know a lot of the shows that I listen to, the discussions are meant to spark some sort of Well, yeah, I think that's another dialogue. good thing that you can... Like, I have some podcasts that I'll listen to and I'm like, I should probably know what's going on in the world, and mm. you just get it in, like, 30 minutes and you know you know everything you need to know. Mm. But then there are other podcasts I'm like, I just want to listen to this and not have to think about And switch off. I, I think you're completely right. And that's be entertained... Thing. And like it's another level of entertainment because it's not obviously it's not based on anything visual, so you do even though you're not you might be doing something else you're still I feel like really focused on it because you're not yeah I don't know if that makes any sense it, no, it, but it does, it's like you're it just does. listening to them you're not having to concentrate on no, too much stuff. And an, and another element of it and I guess this is why it has become so popular is you can listen to the exact part of the audio that you want to listen to at that moment mm-hmm. whereas in a radio show if they say later on we're going to talk about that you have to stick for an hour or you have to go and do something else yeah. whereas in a podcast if you know at the start you say 
we're going to talk about this and then this, you can be like, well, I don't want to listen to that bit. I'm going to listen to that. Yeah. So it's that we live in a society where you want it now. Everyone wants it now. Mm-hmm. And it taps into that element yeah. of giving it to you at that exact moment yeah. if you want it. But it's very interesting. And I, I think the range of it is a beautiful thing. It's only going to get bigger. Yeah. And also with like radio, which people seem to say radio is dying every year and it doesn't, mm. but they have had to adapt and like a lot of big radio shows now turn their shows into podcasts as well they do and so like adapting to that yeah i think that is a very important thing because a lot lot of people listen to the shows as podcasts rather than the show itself Mm. however the piece that actually informed the second half of of, of sort of what i wanted to explore was lbc and i'm sure everyone's seen lbc on like facebook clips of angry you know, listeners calling in and having a huge political debate about Brexit. But LBC has revolutionised radio, essentially by itself. It's Not only has it pinched a lot of presenters, so James O'Brien, Sheila Fogarty, uh, Nick Ferrari, Eddie Mayer as well, they're all, you know, renowned presenters, and they pinched them, but the way that they've changed the game has definitely added to the popularity of radio, I'd say. So... For Nick Ferrari's show in the morning, on average, 1.5 million people listen. Wow. And it's not just London anymore. They've expanded it nationwide, which is really interesting. It's that digital element that came in in 95, I think, that really changed it away from focusing on the BBC, uh, which had a monopoly, obviously, to now, again, even radio ways are saying it's you can become more niche even as a radio station, I suppose. But... Yeah, LBC's audience has grown from 1.2 million to 2.6 million listeners a week since it went national five years ago. Wow. That's incredible. Five yeah. years to, to more than double, Again, I think it's to do with, like, obviously it's not necessarily a niche radio station, but it, it has got its own angle well, that you wouldn't get on other stuff. Well, the presenters have a political view. Right, And yeah. they do not hide that view. They are very much left-wing, right-wing. And I think that's why it's popular, because people now are like, I haven't got time to listen to stuff that isn't directly important to me or interesting to me. So I want to tune in to a podcast that I know I'll enjoy or a programme that I know I'm going to find interesting. Yeah. But they tap into populism, though. This is the problem. You know, because you said that community as well. So it's like that element of division, I think. It taps Mm. into, as you said, like, right, I want to listen to... Uh, Nick Ferrari you know he's pretty conservative and then your views are entrenched and you don't listen to this is why impartiality is quite important because it might actually lead to less tribalism almost rather than being like right I'm going to listen to this but not to this I I, I might be chatting a rubbish but I don't know it's just something to maybe maybe think about but Mm. also a really interesting stat was the fact that obviously radio is very resilient, as you said, everyone says it's going to die and it, it never does. It's actually, yeah, I'm going to say revolutionary again. I'm going to say, I'm going to check it in. You do it. So 88% of British adults listen uh, to a radio show each week for an average of 20 hours. Yeah, I think because you can just have it on in the background while you're doing other stuff. That'll still count towards their figures. That is true. But do you think that it is young people or old people? Though? Radio, I think, is still an older generation thing. I think younger people are moving away from live radio and towards, like, on-demand services. Podcasts. Podcasts, or just listening to radio shows, yeah, afterwards so they can skip through. Um, I think. But I still know a lot of young people that love radio and want to work in radio and 
listen to it religiously. Well, it's just shown by those stats. I mean, that's just one radio station's listeners, 1.5 yeah. to 2.6. That doesn't even take into account you know, Five Live, which is a huge show, Radio 1, Capital. We're talking like probably over 10 million, 15 million people. Yeah. That's a lot as a proportion of the country. Yeah. I mean, I always listen to radio. I would say I now listen to more podcasts than radio. Yeah. Personally. But you, you still try and listen to radio when you can. Yeah, I still find it like a really comforting thing mm. when I'm just getting up in the morning, whatever. I, I love having it on, just like hearing. I prefer speech radio than music radio because also a lot of young people still use the radio to find music, to like well, listen to true. music. That I prefer true. speech radio, but, but it's still a good way for people because I, I read something that was like a lot of people thought when Spotify and all these streaming music streaming platforms came out that radio would again like suffer another blow because no one would be listening to for music and that didn't happen Mm. like bbc introducing that's huge and there's so many people that use it to like find music it's true because even a part of these streaming services so apple music have radio shows now as a part of that so apple has zane lowe's show Mm -hmm. ebro darden as well which is quite interesting so they're tapping into that because they've probably seen that, hold on a second, radio is standing very strong. Maybe we should use yeah. that to our advantage. So radio is a great thing. I'm not, an, I'm not an avid radio listener, avid podcast listener. But just audio in general, I mean, it all ties into this, the same element, isn't it? Yeah, of- and it's all becoming, I like, less distinctive. Like you have radio shows that they film and put on YouTube mm-hmm. or you have like radio shows that they turn into podcasts or podcasts Mm. that are actually like radio shows you know it's all like really intertwined which i think is good because you can find whatever you specifically like if you like watching stuff but you also like the content of a podcast you'll be able to find one that that they film and watch it you're right that's a very good point yeah i mean i've I've never got into that really of like going on youtube and oh i quite like that yeah yeah because i like seeing how they interact with if it's like an interview Mm. i like seeing how they've interacted maybe we should have videoed this no (laughs) No one wants to see, see that. See all the hand gestures. <laughs> yeah. That's the best part. I do. I am doing quite a lot. You of that. are. I yeah. like it. Passionate. So the other element of audio is audio books mm. as well. Obviously, they do have similarities to podcasts, but quite different in, in their own way. Do you listen to audio books? I don't really. No. Okay. Sweet. No. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I mean, I'm always trying to read more anyway. But yeah. I like the physical aspect of reading. Reading is a great thing. I'm yeah. like. Because I know a lot of people listen to audiobooks on a commute or whatever. I just, I bring a book with me and read on the commute. I prefer to do that. Yeah, well, I think if you're not driving, it's the best way to go. Yeah. If you're on the train or the bus, reading, yeah, I'm, I'm the same as you. I think reading, not only, it's, it's important in itself to read, you know, not, I, I don't know, just being connected to your phone. It's just always being connected to your yeah. phone, audiobooks, you know, it's like trying to break off that yeah, connection can but be. but I also think if someone is, not gonna read if they don't listen to it versus that versus being on their phone and listening to it that's still way better than not reading at all completely agree with you only issue is with audiobooks i listen to a few audiobooks but you can just zone, zone out. out yeah and that's why like, i struggle oh, where's a book you can be like right i've missed that bit i'll just go back yeah but some people don't zone out it's for some people love it this, yeah, it's true, but I think for some books, so for instance, I just listened to the audiobook for Sapiens by yeah, the really popular mm-hmm. book, Yuval Noah Harari. I think everyone's given it a crack at some point. I haven't. Apart from Liv. 
that was a you know good thing for for an audiobook i'd say it was a lot longer it's a very long mm. book and yeah all right i zoned out at times but especially in the evenings when i was winding down it was different to a podcast i guess it was just like it's a story to help you drift off a yeah. little bit and that idea of fiction even though that's i know it's not a fictional book it's a non-fiction book but it's the same principle of like helping you drift off a yeah. little bit Whereas a podcast, I just feel like it's often more gripping, isn't it? Mm. You know, before bed, I've done this many times where I've started a podcast. There's one called uh, Dan Carlin's Hardcore Histories, which are crazy good. They're like six hours each. Oh so it's like God. an audiobook. But he's, it's a lot more powerful than an audio. Audiobook is very monotone, you know, he's yeah. like expressive. And I started listening to it before bed and I ended up just listening to like two hours, mm. <laughs> not getting any sleep. So you've got to be careful with that one. Yeah. But the audiobooks, yeah, I take your point. I think if you're not going to read, then, and you are, if you are yeah. going to read the book, if you listen to it, then it has merit. That's great. Yeah. But I would still recommend reading in itself. But okay. If you think that you'll zone off then fair. Yeah, I don't know. Figure it out for yourself. That's what this yeah. podcast for. But again, that's another medium turned into another medium. Mm. They're all intertwining. Beautiful. Really beautifully Stunning. put. One final point, and this mm. ties in. We've spoken about radio and I mentioned LBC. So their presenters have views and they are often challenged by listeners. Whereas on the BBC, it's much less so. The presenters have to remain very much impartial. Mm -hmm. And I guess this is a question, you know, for all the listeners to think about. You know, the role of the media, I said at the start, it's a cornerstone of the democracy that we live in. The media is very powerful, has great influence over us. It's obviously on the radio is where, you know, the media is very prevalent. Radio, TV, the two mediums. So the role of the media on radio, I mean, I've always thought that it, it needs to be checked in some way. Mm-hmm. I think, it, you know, we're talking about it's getting more niche and there's like all this range of stuff, but I do worry with that at the same time in terms of how many people are listening and how influential it is. Yeah, but, but are you talking about, so like a random podcast on just a, a someone set up, do they have a responsibility to keep their opinions in check? Because I don't think so. Not keep your opinions in check, but okay, so... Sometimes you, you you could could there be hate speech? Mm. You know we talk. I know freedom of speech is is, a, is, is again a, a key principle. But if a podcast was set up, which in theory probably could, I know it couldn't be accepted by Apple if it had content in it, but it could still be published. I'm sure on in yeah. some way, shape, or form. Well, then the responsibility is on us to choose what we're listening to. I know it's hard, but if you're listening to something that's really biased mm. and it. Uh, and you're like starting to change your opinions. You need to have that balance, sort of balance that with out. something else, and because yeah. it's too difficult to like regulate what people are posting now mm. and putting out there. That it's our responsibility to like regulate ourselves mm. and not. I think that's fantastic. But it point, is really yeah. hard. It's really hard. I don't it's know just, what the answer is. No, no. I mean, I don't. It's not really one two answer. I guess it's just something to think about. I know it's nigh on impossible to regulate, but now with the rise of podcast, rise of audio, yeah, it's the it's other side of saying the democratization of audio and media. On one side, it gives everyone an opportunity to be involved and be creative and do whatever, which is amazing. But then, yeah, on the other side, it's really hard to regulate, it and anyone can post anything. So, 
it's tricky. I think that's, yeah. Again, I didn't mean to spring that to you. <laughs> I know I kind of did. I'll write you a 3,000 word essay by Monday. <laughs> <laughs> but then also with radio, uh, mainstream radio as well, not just podcasts. Hmm. So LBC, you know, their guests, not they, yeah, well, yeah, their guests, but also their, their presenters have strong political views. I mean, what do you think about that? Do you think the, a presenter should have a view? I, I often try to keep my views to a minimum okay. because I think it's important. That the guest Make is the one who makes it, yeah. makes makes the makes the point. But again, I think LBC is so popular because people want that. Mm. People want someone that's got an opinion and they're going to really argue it strongly, and then you can decide if you agree or disagree with that. But you don't but just think that leads to shouting. You know, it's like it's again. I say tribalism. It's just like anger. It's the, it's not debate. Do you know what I mean? Because as but you it said, is it's debate with them because they have callers and they do. But a lot of the time, obviously, I was, I was listening to a bit of it because of this episode that we were bringing out, and it, a lot of it is people who call in who have opposing views. So James O'Brien, you know, I'm a big fan of James O'Brien. He's a fantastic presenter, and he's very patient with people, obviously. But a lot of the time, it's I don't really... You get the odd, really quite interesting call, but mainly it's it's got to grab the attention of a listener. And that in itself has a problem, doesn't it? If you're just trying to say pretty much anything to just what, try and to grab... get a reaction. Get a reaction. That's what they want. That's yeah, what it's built well, upon. Um, but person, that turn, like, turns me off. I don't watch it. I listen to it, sorry. Doesn't turn you on. Doesn't turn me on, no. <laughs> I don't listen to it because that's not what I want to listen to. I don't want to hear people shouting at each other. I don't know why I just said that. Yeah, really sorry. I feel uncomfy. <laughs> um, but if that's what someone enjoys, then I don't it really cares. care. It's listen really to what job. you want to listen to. Again, yeah, I'm just <laughs> I'm throwing this out just just to get people to think. It's not we're not answering the question, are we? No, we know absolutely nothing. No, God no, <laughs> God no. But it's 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 just something to think about, and that's obviously what we do on this podcast is just get people to think for yeah. themselves and. Yeah, I think that's a, a really nice place to, to actually end okay. our wonderful conversation today. Cool. It's been, I mean, I, I've really enjoyed it, having you back on. Me too, It's thanks. been nice, and I'm sure the you know people listening who remember your first episode or, or will go and listen to that first episode might be able to mm. see a little comparison. See how far I've now. come. Maybe and you. Like, and, and me as well, yeah. Maybe we both sound more upbeat. Yeah, I hope Maybe so. Maybe the last one we were like, oh, well, how are you doing? How was you? How's life? Yeah, yeah is it good? I and think we, just we didn't probably clock. were. Yeah. Or any upbeatness was, it was fake. <laughs> it was fake. <laughs> this fake is real. Show. This is real. <laughs> this is real. But yeah, look, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having it's me. It's been a while in the making, this one. Obviously busy. Yeah. Busy, busy, busy. Yeah. Especially Working over Christmas. Gal. Working gal from Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, hopefully, you never know, a few months down the line, we might see again. Just the journey. Maybe just lift Swift's journey. Yeah. Oh my god, no one wants that. But maybe I'll be the first person to be on three times. Three times. I didn't quite get yes. the two times. But. You didn't, but you I made it your own unique thing. And yeah. The first guest who hasn't been on for a long time and then came back that's on. Not, <laughs> Catchy. That's not good. Catchy. <laughs> but yeah, so guys, that was episode 44. That's the second episode of 2020. <gasps> Amazing. Not even the first. Not even the first. We had, well, the first one was a very, very powerful episode. Mm, yeah. And this has been a nice, yeah, more upbeat episode, I think. And we've actually got a few fun things coming your way. We've got three or four more interviews in the pipeline for the next couple of weeks, which is fantastic. Got a range of chats. I know one of them is going to be covering that sport life balance growing up, which is something we've touched upon, but I think we need to go into it in a bit more depth. We really hope you found this episode 
thoroughly interesting. I know I have. Just Aww. learning about the, the other side of radio, you know, audio. It's something that we're all very much a part of now. And, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed it as Loved well. Loved it. Fantastic. So we will be back in the next couple of days, guys. Hope you all have a lovely weekend. And keep doing what you're doing. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>